Hello everyone and welcome to the Unanswered Questions True Crime Podcast. I have spent hours and hours investigating this. He basically told her that people have been killed. Journalists, independent investigators, people like that disappeared. It frightened her to the bone. There's more to the story than meets the eye. There were rumors of torture and homicide and sexual abuse, all sorts of egregious, horrendous crimes. He was polygraphed three times. Each of those three showed evasions. His resumes were a skeleton of truth. He was mad at the world, and particularly mad at the government. The study that he commissioned that described a fictional terrorist attack. If people have died over this, it means you're getting close to the truth. You don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to say, what the fuck? Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of my new podcast, Unanswered Questions, where every week we will endeavour to discuss a mysterious unsolved case that has many lingering unanswered questions. So I hope you enjoy and as always leave me some feedback on what you think about the show and rate it as well. Now on to the show. This week we'll be talking about The Falling Soldier. The Falling Soldier, full title, Loyalist, Militant Man and the Moment of Death, Ciro Muriano, September 5th of 1936, is a black and white photograph by Robert Kappa, claimed to have been taken on Saturday, September 5th of 1936. It was said to depict the death of a Republican Urbian Federation of Libertarian Youth, FIJL, soldier during the Battle of Ciro Muriano in the Spanish Civil War. The soldier in the photograph was later claimed to be the anarchist militiaman Federico Borrell Garcia. I do apologize if I get any of those names wrong. The photo appears to capture a Republican soldier at the very moment of his death. The soldier is shown collapsing backward after being fatally shot in the head, with his rifle slipping out of his hand. The pictured soldier is dressed in civilian clothing, but is wearing a leather cartridge belt. Following its publication, the photograph was acclaimed as one of the greatest ever taken, but since the 1970s, there have been significant doubts about its authenticity due to its location, the identity of its subject, and the discovery of staged photographs taken at the same time and place. Now we get into the guy who took the uh, photograph, Robert Kappa. Robert Kappa, born, and I'm going to butcher this name, born in Andre Erno Friedman, died on May 25th of 1954, was a Hungarian-American war photographer and photojournalist, as well as the companion and professional partner of photographer Gerda Taro, who I will talk about later in this podcast. He is considered by some to be the greatest combat and adventure photographer in history. Friedman had fled political regression in Hungary when he was a teenager, moving to Berlin where he enrolled in college. He witnessed the rise of Hitler, which led him to move to Paris, where he met and began to work with Goethe Polroyal. Sorry if I get that name wrong. Together they worked under the alias Robert Kappa and became photojournalists. Although she contributed to much of the early work, she quickly created her own alias Goethe Taro, and they began to publish their work separately. He subsequently covered five wars, the Spanish Civil War, the Second Sino-Japanese War, World War II across Europe, and the 1948 Arab-Israeli War, and the First Indochina War, with his photos published in major magazines and newspapers. He was killed when he stepped on a landmine in Vietnam. During his career, he risked his life numerous times, most dramatically as the only civilian photographer landing on Omaha Beach on D-Day. He documented the course of World War II in London, North Africa, Italy, and the liberation of Paris. His friends and colleagues included Ernst Hemingway, Erwin Shaw, John Steinbeck, and director John Hudson. In 1947, for his work recording World War II in pictures, U.S. General Dwight D. Eisenhower awarded Kappa the Medal of Freedom. That same year, Kappa co-founded Magnum Photos in Paris. The organization was the first cooperative agency for worldwide freelance photographers. Hungary has issued a stamp and a gold coin in his honor. 
Now we get into Kappa's personal life. Kappa was born into a middle-class Jewish family in Budapest where his parents were tailors. Kappa's mother was a successful fashion shop owner and his father was an employee of a shop. Kappa had two brothers, a younger brother, photographer Cornell Kappa, and an older brother, Laszlo Friedman. Cornell moved to Paris in 1936 to join his older brother Kappa, where he found an interest in photography instead of staying in the field of medicine. Not much is known of Kappa's older brother Laszlo, except that he married Angela Maria Friedman Kisordis in 1933. He died a year later and was buried next to his father in the Cosma Utka Jewish Cemetery. Sorry if I get that name wrong. At the age of 18, Kappa moved to Vienna, later relocated to Prague, and finally settled in Berlin. All cities that were centers of artistic and cultural ferment in this period. He started studies in journalism at the German Political College, but the Nazi party instituted restrictions on Jews and banned them from colleges. Kappa relocated to Paris, where he adapted the name Robert Kappa in 1934. At that time, he had already been a hobby photographer. In 1934, Andre Friedman, as he still called himself then, met Goethe Polyol, a German-Jewish refugee. The couple lived in Paris, where Andre taught Goethe photography. Together, they created the name and image of Robert Kappa as a famous American photographer, and at the beginning of the war, both photographers published their work under the pseudonym of Robert Kappa. Goethe took the name Goethe Taro and became successful in her own right. She travelled with Kappa to Spain in 1936, intending to document the Spanish Civil War. In July of 1937, Kappa traveled briefly to Paris while Goethe remained in Madrid. She was killed near Brunetti during a battle. Kappa, who was reportedly engaged to her, was deeply shocked and never married. In February of 1943, Kappa met Elaine Justin, then married to the doctor John Justin. They fell in love and the relationship lasted until the end of the war. Kappa spent most of his time in the front line. Kappa called the red-headed Elaine Pinky and wrote about her in his war memoir, Slightly Out of Focus. In 1945, Elaine Justin broke up with Kappa. She later remarried Chuck Rommine. Some months later, Kappa became the lover of the actress Ingrid Bergman, who was touring in Europe to entertain American soldiers. In December 1945, Kappa followed her to Hollywood. The relationship ended in the summer of 1946 when Kappa traveled to Turkey. Now we get into his early years. Kappa was born Andre Erno Friedman to the Jewish family of Julian Nee Berkowitz and Desno Friedman in Budapest, Austria-Hungary on October 22, 1913. His mother, Juliana Henrietta Berkowitz, was a native of, I'm going to butcher these names, Nagy Kapos, now Velki Kapunske Slovik, Slovakia, and Denzo Friedman came from the Transylvanian village of Kasuk now Siukia, Romania, at the age of 18. He was accused of alleged communist sympathies and was forced to flee Hungary. I do apologize if I get any of those names wrong. I'm terrible at pronunciation of some things. He moved to Berlin where he enrolled at Berlin University where he worked part-time as a darkroom assistant for income and then became a staff photographer for the German photographics agency Depot. It was during that period that the Nazi party came into power which made Kappa, a Jew, decide to leave Germany and move to Paris. He became professionally involved with Goethe Polarol, later known as Goethe Taro, a German-Jewish photographer who had moved to Paris for the same reasons he did. The two of them decided to work under the alias Kappa at this time. The two of them later separated aliases and published their work independently. Kappa and Taro developed a romantic relationship alongside their professional one. Kappa proposed and Taro refused, but they continued their involvement. He also shared a darkroom with French photographer Henri Cartier-Bresen, with whom he would later co found the Magnum Photos Cooperative. 
Kappa's first published photograph was of Leon Trotsky making a speech in Copenhagen on the meaning of the Russian Revolution in 1932. Now we get into his career. First we have the Spanish War in 1936. From 1936 to 1939, Kappa worked in Spain photographing the Spanish Civil War along with Gerda Taro, his companion and professional photography partner, and David Seymour. Taro died when the motor vehicle on which she was travelling, apparently standing on the footboard, collided with an out-of-control tank. She had been returning from a photographic assignment covering the Battle of Brunetti. It was during that war that Kappa took the photo now called The Falling Soldier, purporting to show the death of a Republican soldier. The photo was published in magazines in France and then by Life magazine and Picture Post. The authenticity of the photo was later questioned, with evidence including other photos from the scene suggesting it was staged. Picture Post, a pioneering photojournalism magazine published in the United Kingdom, had once described then 25-year-old Kappa as the greatest war photographer in the world. Kappa accompanied then-journalist and author Ernest Hemingway to photograph the war, which Hemingway would later describe in his novel For Whom the Bell Tolls, 1940. Life magazine published an article about Hemingway and his time in Spain, along with numerous photos by Kappa. In December of 2007, three boxes filled with rolls of film containing 4,535mm negatives of the Spanish Civil War by Kappa, Taro, and Chim, David Seymour, which had been considered lost since 1939, were discovered in Mexico. In 2011, Trisha Ziff directed a film about those images entitled The Mexican Suitcase. Quote, All you could do was help individuals caught up in war try to raise their spirits for a moment, perhaps flirt a little, make them laugh, and you could photograph them to let them know that somebody cared. End quote. By Robert Kappa. Now we get into the Chinese resistance to Imperial Japan of 1938. In 1938, Kappa travelled to the Chinese city of Hankou, now within Wuhan, to document the resistance to the Japanese invasion. He sent his images to Life magazine, which published some of them in its May 23rd, 1938 issue. Now we come to the World War II. At the start of World War II, Kappa was in New York City, having moved there from Paris to look for work and to escape Nazi persecution. During the war, Kappa was sent to various parts of the European theatre on photography assignments. He first photographed for Collier's Weekly before switching to life after he was fired by Collier's. He was the only enemy alien photographer for the Allies. On October 7th of 1943, Robert Kappa was in Naples with life reporter Will Lang Jr. and there he photographed the Naples post office bombing. Now we come to D-Day Omaha Beach in 1944. A group of images known as the Magnificent Eleven were taken by Kappa on D-Day. Taking part in the Allied invasion, Kappa was attached to the 16th Infantry Regiment, 1st Infantry Division, Big Red One, on Omaha Beach. The US personnel attacking Omaha Beach faced some of the heaviest resistance from German troops inside the bunkers of the Atlantic Wall. Photographic historian A.D. Coleman has suggested that Kappa travelled to the beach in the same landing craft as Colonel George A. Taylor, commander of the 16th Infantry Regiment who landed one and a half hours after the first wave near, and I'm going to butcher this name, Colville sur Meur. Kappa subsequently stated that he took 106 pictures, but later discovered that all but 11 had been destroyed. This incident may have been caused by Kappa's cameras becoming waterlogged at Normandy, although the more frequent allegation is that a young assistant accidentally destroyed the pictures while they were being developed at the photo lab in London. However, this narrative has been challenged by Coleman and others. In 2016, John G. Morris, who was picture editor at the London Bureau of Life in 1944, agreed that it was more likely that Kappa captured 11 images in total on D-Day. The 11 prints were included in Life magazine's issue on June 19th of 1944, with captions written by magazine staffers, as Kappa did not provide Life with notes or a verbal description of what they showed. 
The captions have since been shown to be erroneous, as were subsequent descriptions of the images by Kappa himself. For example, men described by life as taking cover behind a hedgehog obstacle were members of Gap Assault Team 10, a combined US Navy slash US Army demolition unit tasked with blowing up obstacles and clearing the way for landing craft. Now we come to the shaved woman of Chartres. Kappa took photographs during the Allied invasion of France in 1944. His picture, the shaved woman of Chartres, taken on 16th of August 1944, shows a woman whose head had been shaved as punishment for collaboration with the Nazis. Then we have the picture of the last man to die. On April 18th of 1945, Kappa captured images of a fight to secure a bridge in Leipzig, Germany. These pictures included an image of Raymond J. Bowman's death by sniper fire. This image was published in a spread in Life magazine with the caption, quote, The picture of the last man to die, end quote. Now we come to the post-war Soviet Union in 1947. In 1947, Kappa travelled to the Soviet Union with his friend, the American writer John Steinbeck. They originally met when they shared a room in an Algiers hotel with other war correspondents before the Allied invasion of Italy in 1943. They reconnected in New York, where Steinbeck told him he was thinking about visiting the Soviet Union now that the war was over. Kappa suggested they go there together and collaborate on a book, with Kappa documenting the war-torn nation with photographs. The trip resulted in Steinbeck's Russian journal which was published both as a book and a syndicated newspaper serial. Photos were taken in Moscow, Kiev, Tbilisi, Batumi and among the ruins of Stalingrad. They remained good friends until Kappa's death. Steinbeck took the news of Kappa's death very hard. Now we come to the Magnum Photos Agency of 1947. In 1947, Kappa founded the cooperative venture Magnum Photos in Paris with Henri Cartier-Bresnan, William van der Vert, David Seymour, and George Roger. It was a cooperative agency to manage work for and by freelance photographers and developed a reputation for the excellence of its photojournalists. In 1952, he became the president. Now we come to the founding of Israel, 1948. Kappa toured Israel during its founding and while it was being attacked by neighbouring states. He took the numerous photographs that accompanied Erwin Shaw's book, Report on Israel. Then we come to the documenting film productions, 1953. In 1953, he joined screenwriter Truman Capote and director John Hudson in Italy, where Kappa was assigned to photograph the making of the film Beat the Devil. During their off time, they and star Humphrey Bogart enjoyed playing poker. Now we come to the first Indochina war and death in 1954. In the early 1950s, Kappa travelled to Japan for an exhibition associated with Magnum Photos. While there, Life magazine asked him to go on assignment to Southeast Asia, where the French had been fighting for eight years in the first Indochina war. Although he had claimed a few years earlier that he was finished with war, Kappa accepted the job. He accompanied a French regiment located in Tai Bin province with two Time Life journalists, John Mecklen and Jim Lucas. On the 25th of May 1954, the regiment was passing through a dangerous area under fire when Kappa decided to leave his jeep and go up the road to photograph the advance. Kappa was killed when he stepped on a landmine near the road. He was 40 at the time of his death and he is buried in plot 189 at Anna Walk Hill Cemetery, also called Friends Cemetery, Anna Walk, Westchester County, New York, along with his mother Julia and his brother Cornell Kappa. Now we come to Gerda Taro. Gerda Polrull, born 1st of August 1910 and died on the 26th of July 1937, known professionally as Gerda Taro, was a German-Jewish war photographer active during the Spanish Civil War. She is regarded as the first woman photojournalist to have died while covering the front line in a war. Taro was the companion and professional partner of photographer Robert Kappa. The name Robert Kappa was originally an alias that Taro and Kappa, born Andre Friedman, shared, an invention meant to mitigate the increasing 
increasing political intolerance in Europe and to attract the lucrative American market. A significant amount of what is credited as Robert Kappa's early work was actually created by Taro. Now we get into her early life. Goethe Polarol was born on the 1st of August 1910 in Stuttgart, Germany to Jelsa Borrell and Heinrich Polarol, a middle-class Jewish family that had recently immigrated from East Galicia. She studied at Queen Charlotte High School, spent a year at Lucerne Boarding School and later attended a business college. In 1929, the family moved to Leipzig just prior to the rise of Nazi Germany. Taro opposed the Nazi party and became interested in leftist politics. In 1933, following the Nazi party's coming to power, she was arrested and detained for distributing propaganda against the National Socialists. Eventually, the entire Polrol household was forced to leave Germany towards different destinations. Taro, aged 23, headed for Paris, while her parents attempted to reach mandatory Palestine. Her brothers went to England, and she would not see her family for the rest of her life. Now we get into her career. Taro's career was brief, but with great impact on photojournalism, especially in war. Hanno Hart described her work with Robert Capra in the Spanish Civil War in this way, quote, Tara and Capra helped invent the genre of modern war photography while fueling the vicarious experience of the spectator by offering an approximation of life in the conflict zone, end quote. Now we get into the establishing the Robert Kappa alias. When Polrol moved to Paris in 1934 to escape the anti-Semitism of Hitler's Germany, she met the photojournalist Andre Friedman, a Hungarian Jew, learned photography and became his personal assistant. They fell in love. Polrol began to work for Alliance Photo as a picture editor. In 1936, Polrol received her first photojournalist credential. Then, she and Friedman devised a plan where Friedman claimed to be the agent of photographer Robert Kappa, a name they invented. Both took news photographs and sold them as the work of the non-existent American photographer Robert Kappa, a convenient name of overcoming the increasing political intolerance prevailing in Europe and attractive for the lucrative American market. Kappa was derived from Friedman's Budapest street name Kappa, which means shark in Hungarian. The secret did not last long, but Friedman kept the more commercial name Kappa for his own name, while Polrol adapted the professional name of Goethe Taro after the Japanese artist Taro Okamoto and Swedish actress Greta Garbo. The two worked together to cover the events surrounding the coming to power of the Popular Front in 1930s France. Now we come to the coverage of the Spanish Civil War. When the Spanish Civil War broke out in 1936, Taro travelled to Barcelona, Spain to cover the events with Kaplan David Chim Seymour. Taro acquired the nickname of, and I'm going to butcher this name, La Pinquinia Rubia, which is the little, translated as the little blonde. They covered the war together in northeastern Aragon and in the southern Corobdoba province. Sorry if I get those names wrong. Always together under the common and using the bogus signature of Robert Kappa, they succeeded in publishing through important publications the Swiss Zurcher Illustrati, the French VU. Their early war photographs are distinguishable since Taro used a Rolli camera which rendered squared photographs, while Kappa produced rectangular pictures using a Contax camera or a Leica camera. However, for some time in 1937, they each produced similar 35mm pictures under the label of Kappa and Taro. Subsequently, Taro attained some independence. She refused Kappa's marriage proposal. Also, she became publicly related to the inner circle of anti-fascist European and intellectuals such as Ernest Hemingway and George Orwell, who crusaded particularly for the Spanish Republic. F.R.C. Sior, a communist newspaper of France, signed her for publishing Taro's works only. Then, she began to commercialise her production under the photo Taro label, Regards, Life, Illustrated London News, and Vox Illustrati, the exile edition of, I'm going to butcher this name, Arbiter Illustrati Zutung were among the publications that used her work. 
Reporting the Valencia bombing alone, Taro obtained the photographs which are also her most celebrated. Also in July of 1937, Taro's photographs were in demand by the international press when alone she was covering the Brunente region near Madrid for Cicior. Although the nationalist propaganda claimed that the region was under its control, the Republican forces had in fact forced that faction out. Taro's photographs were the only testimony of the actual situation. Now we come to her death. During her coverage of the Republican Army retreat at the Battle of Brunetti, Taro hopped onto the running board of General Walter's car that was carrying wounded soldiers. A Republican tank crashed into its side and Taro suffered critical wounds, dying the following day, 26th of July, 1937. The circumstances of Taro's death have been questioned by British journalist Robin Strummer, writing in the New Statement magazine. Strummer cited Willy Brandt, later Chancellor of West Germany and a friend of Taro during the Spanish Civil War, saying that she had been the victim of the Stalinist purge of communists and socialists in Spain who were not aligned to Moscow. Taro was warned by Willy Brandt in the summer of 1937 against working in Spain, yet she went there anyway, not controlled by the left in Moscow. In an interview with the Spanish daily LPs, a nephew of a Republican soldier at the Battle of Brunetti explained that she died in an accident. According to the eyewitness account, she had been run over by a reversing tank and she died from her wounds in El Goslo English Hospital a few hours later. The tank driver did not realize what he had done. Due to her political commitment, Taro had become a respected anti-fascist figure. On the 1st of August 1937, on what would have been her 27th birthday, the French Communist Party gave her a grand funeral in Paris, drawing tens of thousands of people to the streets, buried her at Paris-Lancai Cemetery, and commissioned Alberto Giacometti to create a monument for her grave. I apologize if I get any of these names wrong. Please do forgive me. In early 2018, a photograph purported to be an image of Taro on her deathbed in the English War Hospital was released by the son of the Hungarian physician Dr. Kisley who treated her. Now we get into the history of this particular falling soldier photograph. Kappa described how he took the photograph in a 1947 radio interview, quote, I was there in the trench with about 20 milicianos. I just kind of put my camera above my head and, and even didn't look and clicked the picture when they moved over the trench and that was all. That camera which I hold above my head just caught a man at the moment when he was shot. That was probably the best picture I ever took. I never saw the picture in the frame because the picture was far above my head, end quote. Upon publication of the photograph, there were allegations from the Falange, an extreme nationalist political group in Spain, that the photograph was staged. However, outside of Spain, it remained unquestioned as a legitimate documentary photograph until the 1970s. Now we get into the authenticity of the photos debate. While some, including one of Kappa's biographers, Richard Whalen, have defended the photograph's authenticity, doubts have been raised since 1975. Staging photos was a common occurrence during the Spanish Civil War because of limits imposed upon photojournalists' freedom of movement. Unable to go to active fronts, or off when they were, photographers resorted to pictures of soldiers feigning combat. It had been claimed that the photograph was taken at the battle site of Serrera Muriano, but research suggests it was taken in the town of Espedjo, about 50 kilometers or 30 miles away. A 2007 documentary, and I'm going to butcher this name, La Sombra del Iceberg, sorry if I get that name wrong, claims that the picture was staged and that Federico Borrell Garcia is not the individual in the picture. In Jose Manuel Saprugi's 2009 book Sombras del la Fotografia, Shadows of Photography, he concludes that the photograph was not taken at Sierra Muriano, but at another location about 30 miles or 48 kilometers away. 
Suspiruji determined the location of the photograph by examining the background of other photographs from the same sequence as the falling soldier in which a range of mountains can be seen. He then emailed images to librarians and historians in towns near Coroboda asking if they recognized the landscape and received a positive response from the Spanish town of Espijo. Because Espijo was miles away from the battle lines where Kappa, when Kappa was there, Suspiruji said this meant that the falling soldier photograph was staged, as ruled the others in the same series, supposedly taken on the front. Susperugi also pointed out more contradictions in the accepted account of the photograph, noting that Kappa mentioned in interviews that the militant man had been killed by a burst of machine gun fire rather than a sniper's bullet. Kappa also gave different accounts of the vantage point and technique he used to obtain the photograph. Spanish newspapers, including a newspaper from Barcelona, and I'm going to butcher this name, El Periódico de Catalunya, sent reporters to Espijo to verify the location of the photograph. The reporters returned with photographs showing a close match between the present-day skyline and the background of Kappa's photographs. Willis E. Hartshorn, director of the International Center of Photography, argued against the claims that the photograph was staged. He suggested that the soldier in the photograph had been killed by a sniper firing from a distance while posing for the staged photograph. Susperugi dismissed the suggestion, pointing out that the front lines were too widely separated and there was no documentary evidence for the use of snipers on the Kubota front. There is also doubt about the identification of the photograph's subject. It was believed that Federico Burrell Garcia was the subject, but he was actually killed at Serrera Muriana and was shot while he sheltered behind a tree. In addition to a lack of clarity on the location of the photograph, Federico Burrell Garcia did not greatly resemble the subject of the photograph. This photograph was published by the magazine VU within a series of photographs where two soldiers can be seen falling in exactly the same place and with little time difference where the falling soldier allegedly fell, which raises doubts about its authenticity. Now we come to the Mexican suitcase. Photographs by Kappa, Gerda Taro, and David Seymour came to light in early 2007 when three cardboard boxes of negatives, also known as the Mexican suitcase, arrived in the mail at the International Center of Photography in New York. The suitcase contained hundreds of Nat Kappa's negatives. These films were taken to Mexico at the end of the war. They are now with the Kappa archives at the International Center of Photography. However, there was no negative of Kappa's falling soldier. Despite the lack of a negative, hundreds of images that toured major art galleries in 2008 showed pictures taken at the same location and at the same time. A detailed analysis of the landscape in this series of pictures taken with that of the falling soldier has proven that the action, whether genuine or staged, took place near Espijo. Richard Whalen in This Is War, Robert Capper at Work, states, quote, The image known as death of a loyalist, a militant man, or simply the falling soldier has become almost universally recognized as one of the greatest war photographs ever made. The photograph that has also generated a great deal of controversy. In recent years, it has been alleged that Capper staged the scene, a charge that has forced me to undertake a fantastic amount of research over the course of two decades. Nota 3. I have wrestled with the dilemma of how to deal with a photograph that one believes to be genuine but that one cannot know with absolute certainty to be a truthful documentation. It is neither a photograph of a man pretending to have been shot nor an image made during what we would normally consider the heat of battle. Now we come to public collections. One printed edition of this photograph is now held in the collection of the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. To this day it still remains unknown whether this photo was genuinely taken by Robert Kappa or was staged and we may never know the truth. 
With that, this case remains open, but with many unanswered questions, it still remain unanswered. Please rate this show and let me know what you guys think about this and the many other cases I've covered. You can follow me on all major social media platforms, YouTube, BitChute, Dailymotion. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. Links are all down below in the description. If you have a case you'd like me to have a look at or cover, don't hesitate to send me a message. I'm your host, and this has been the Unanswered Questions Podcast. Until next time, next on Unanswered Questions. The Father's Day Bank Massacre was a bank robbery and shooting that took place on Sunday, June 16th of 1991 at the United Bank Tower, now the Wells Fargo Center in Denver, Colorado. 